What's up, boss? This is Abraham's wallet. We span the gap between the austerity of obedience to God and the prosperity rising from faithfulness. Run your home and your dough like a biblical boss. You got a vice golf hat on. What does that mean? What what is vice? It was it, it it's been a media channel. I've also found never purchased, but found golf balls with a Vice logo on them. Vice is a not to be confused with the media company, which would not be at all uh, fans of the Abraham's Wallet podcast. It's dirty. It's dirty, is it? I think they just hate everything that we stand for. Okay. Well, their name says it all. Mm. Oh. This is the manufacturer that produces the limited edition Outpost Advisors golf ball. Oh. These supposedly stack up pretty favorably to the really expensive, like Titleist Pro V1s and stuff like that. Okay. Um, So they're the guy who's kind of mentored me on golf, which is a new thing. For me, he he said these are the, the way to go. They're inexpensive. They'll customize them for you for a reasonable price, and they perform really well. I'm not usually one to to pimp for brands, but I just liked the colorways on this this cap. Okay, um, that's a golf an industry, mentor industry jargon. Colorways. I have a few golf mentors, but one is a guy who's on the the board of directors with me at the school that our kids go to, and he is the one who introduced me to Vice Golf. How does he mentor you in the game of golf? Do you play with him and he criticizes you? This guy um, lives and breathes golf. So okay. if I have a question, he's he's delighted to answer. I saw recently that Hank Haney wants to fix my slice in just five minutes. And, and I'm interested in that because if anybody can fix my slice in five minutes, I'm open to it. You do have a slice that's for the ages. Thank you. We do our best. Uh, I mean, if you're going to do something, do it great. I'm excited to be on this podcast because it, as we were talking before you turned on the record button, it's been a challenging day at the Parrot House. I've got three sick children oh. and a sick wife. And uh, it's nice to to be able to forget about all the problems at home and just podcast about <laughs> running, a, running your home like a biblical boss. Yeah, to, to kind of... Speak into the world of uh, vision and ideas, and act like uh, the the mundane. Act like you're good at it. <laughs> the mundane details of life uh, don't press in on your perfect ideal. Yeah. Well, we've recently. I say recently. By the time this airs, it'll be uh, a month old or more. But we we went through a progression of subjects that I. I think of as going together. Uh, we have we have in the recent uh, past talked about vacations and how to how to make those celebrations wonderful. Um, on the subcategory of celebrations, uh, we did an episode with Mark Douglas talking about the uh, bar and bat mitzvah and how to make that celebration great. Pretty recently, we talked about just uh, we called it uh, wealth is not the goal meaning just stacking up the biggest pile of money isn't isn't the point. If it were, we wouldn't be generous. We wouldn't be investing in the people around us. We wouldn't be investing in our own skills and, and uh, growing our, our, uh, 
our expertise in any number of areas. So uh, I thought it would be a nice button to put on this that that to, to, to draw on your experience once again and hit on the subject of gift giving. And uh, there, this is kind of a, a secret little pocket. There's actually really good biblical foundation for it. I, I'm not afraid to steal any thunder that you might be storing up because I'm not going to because I'm not going to have much to give on this, but it's the one verse that really, to me, is the is the peak of the biblical mountain when it comes to giving gifts. It's often misused, and and um, oftentimes it is uh, sentimentalized or over-spiritualized, but it's Proverbs 18, 16, and it simply says that a man's gift makes room for him. And it's often spiritualized as meaning, uh, oh, it's your talents, that will allow you to have a space in someone's life. They'll make a platform for you or your, your great skills or even your spiritual gifts will make room for you. That's not the context of what Proverbs says. It actually means like handing someone a gift and giving them a gift. It, it creates an opening. And we have talked, we've talked around this subject, you have, a couple of times and just saying like, Our friendship episode, for instance, talking about how if we give thoughtful gifts, um, uh, it creates uh, love and trust and blah, blah, blah. So, as I said, there's you have a kind of a pocket of of, uh, gold on this. And this uh, I just wanted to tap your your wisdom and and, uh, pull out of you what you've got on gift giving. Yeah, I think it's a good way to kind of button up our how to use money well. Yeah, thinking, um, you know, the the second half of that verse, Proverbs eighteen sixteen says, you know, a man a man's gift makes room for him, and brings him before the great, mm. which is pretty cool. Um, it's cool. It's like the key golf that mentors, gets you. For instance, yeah, you can get a great golf mentor if you're willing to pony up for some. I don't know what what golf people want. Vice golf balls. You might just hand him a sleeve of vice golf balls, or and pick up his green fees. Yeah, I want to do a couple of things. First, I want to differentiate what we're talking about from charity or generosity. Generosity that we think of as uh, that's something we talk about all the time here is generous giving. Um, I think that's great. Heard it before. Yes. Yeah. Yes. We're talking here today about you might be giving a gift to somebody who's in need, but you might be giving a gift to somebody who's wealthy, who could afford it. And so uh, that's what I'm going to talk about. And my number one argument for why you should care about this is that God is a gift giver. That's excellent. You were going around with somebody on Twitter about this topic this week, but he doesn't give the same gifts to everyone. Um, you know, obviously I think I wrote down some, some Bible verses here, Romans eight thirty two, he who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. Um, how will he not also with him graciously give us all things? Well, there's a, there's a big primary gift there that we sh- just aren't ever going to get tired of being excited about, which is Christ and his sacrifice for us. Romans 12, you know, four chapters later says, having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. 
If prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. So there's lots of different types of gifts. Yeah. The, the famous gift passage is 1 Corinthians 12, 4 through 11. It says there's varieties of gifts from the same spirit. So my point is, God gives lots of different types of gifts. He is not saying, well, this is the gift. You can take it or or not, but it's it's the one gift that I give everybody. And if you are enough of a son of mine, then you will you will have the same gifts as the the top tier sons uh, who have taken all the gifts. That's right. not what he says. He says that I'm going to give each of you unique and different gifts with different purposes because I know you and I created you. Um, and I, I'm going to tap into that as I think about how to give good gifts. Um, but why should we care? So why should we care that God's a gift giver? I think because we're expected to be like him. You know, uh, we were reading Genesis 1 and 2 in a study this week. And the reason God made men and women and put them together was so they could be creative like him, like they could create people and man and woman together reflect the creativity of God. Um, so we are supposed to be creative because he's creative. Um, and anything we see in the Lord, um, you know, there's a often a call for us to mirror him. We are made in his image, which means we're supposed to bear that image out. Um, and so Matthew 7, 11 says, if you then who are evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? So we're supposed to be fathers like he is. We're supposed to be gift givers like he is. And I think when Jesus said this in Matthew 7, he was kind of thinking that there's a table stakes level of, well, of course you know how to give good gifts. Um, and I don't even know if that's true of us. I think a lot of us don't have a clue how to give a good gift. Mm. It's hard to yank the needle of consumer society out of our arm. Yeah. It says gift giving is where you, somebody goes out and they just stuff all of the advertising and the yeah. marketing that they can find into their heads. And then they say, well, this is what I want. And if you really love them, you get the most expensive thing on their want list. And that's how you should give a good gift. Yeah. Um, that's honestly what I thought of as good gifts as a kid. Like the bigger the Christmas gift on my want list, the better the gift. Yeah. So I, I, again, I don't, I don't know everything you're going to say, so I don't mean to steal anything from you, but I want to make a couple of points. Come on. When you're ta- when we're talking about the Lord. Okay. So this is what you're talking about. What the Lord is like is very important. Our concept of what God is like is what we will try to emulate. One of the names of Allah is that he is the deceiver and a destroyer. So if you think that about him, then if, you know, sometimes you have to fly a plane into one of the Twin Towers because you're, you're following your God. And so the way that we think about God really matters. So it's important for us to consider, this is what we're supposed to do when we talked about meditating on scripture. When, when David says, I meditate on your laws, I'm trying to understand the heart of God as I approach the scripture. And you could even do that with like the 10 commandments. You stare at them and you just consider what is God like? 
And if you and if the way that you think about God will show itself in the way that you live, because you will, we're told, Jesus said, be sons of your heavenly father. As you, you made this point, but I'll just say it again. God doesn't give the same gifts to everybody. So there is an inequality. Sorry, gang. Sorry, Americans. There is an inequality to what the Lord does. And, and it, that's even described specifically in 1 Corinthians 12, that there are some gifts that are so public and kind of amazing that they can, they can kind of amaze. I mean, John Rutke, our friend John Rutke in, in California, you wind that guy up, put him in front of hundreds of people and watch him go. And he's, he's amazing. And then as 1 Corinthians was like, well, there's some people whose gifts are, they're more hidden. They're more kind of private. And those people were told to go to them and give them a special kind of honor because of the humility that's behind a, a sort of private secret gift. I just make the point here, there is an inequality. Um, in the, in the Midrash that I'm a part of, and we, we recently aired an episode about that, um, we went over inheritances um, this past week. And one thing that, that is so clear from anybody that does inheritance work financially is that it is not wise to try to make sure that there is perfect equality among all of your children. It creates strife and conflict everywhere the biblical model is that there's somebody that kind of manages the family trust. That doesn't mean that you have to give all of your inheritance to one person, but it actually makes a lot of sense. Um, there, there's a friend of ours. It was the CPA that I connected you to um, in Cincinnati who tells a story of, he says that oftentimes when you're sitting in a room um, and when, when there is an estate that's about to be distributed, he said, the lawyers in the room, we can all identify that guy should have all of the inheritance and be managing it for the whole family. And yet everybody claws and screams and everybody fights until eventually we, we waste all the money and paying lawyers, blah, blah, blah. And then eventually, guess what happens? The guy that they thought should have it ends up with, with whatever's left because a lot of times it's squandered, whatever. So I'm just, I'm just reiterating the point that in God's mind, it's not that everybody has exactly the same amount. That's important for us to know, or else we will deal with guilt in giving anything to anybody who seems to already have something. We're not supposed to, I was just reading the, the uh, uh, parable of the talents, and that's bizarre to hear the God that we have sentimentalized as being a really nice American father, who says the one that does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. And the one that does have, he will be given more to him, more, more will be given to him. And he'll have an abundance, it says. Like you're thinking, so this kind of equality God that we have doesn't exist scripturally. And the second point I would just make is that um, along these lines, if you think that God looks at you and goes, now what does he need today? That's what I'll give him, what he needs. And that's the only way he gives gifts. You, you need to repent of your miserly concept of God because my father is outrageously, I could, I could even say foolishly generous with me. He gives me things I don't need, I don't deserve. He, he, he shows me his favor all the time. I'm doing fine. I'm healthy. 
And I'm telling you that he gives me incredible parking spots regularly. I don't have to have incredible parking spots, but he is, he is like redundantly kind and generous, beaten well beyond need. So I, I know that we've, there's a healthy thing that we have. I'm sorry for talking so long. There's a healthy thing that we have as Americans, as, as American Christians to kind of go like, I don't need to completely crowd the whole living room with Christmas gifts for my kids. You're right. You don't. We could, we could, tent, we could do very well to dial some of that back so that we don't produce selfishness um, and presumption in our kids. That'd be great. And we don't have, you said, we don't have to just follow every commercial and go, oh, that's the new toy. I have to get that. It would be great for us to dial that back. At the same time, we also have to do away with the guilt that says I can't give anything to anybody who already has their needs met because that's not the Lord's uh, pattern. All right. That's end of end of sermon. No, that's great. So I think we're on the same page that that giving is a part of God's character and that we who are trying to emulate him should also be getting good at giving gifts, not just doing it and checking the box, but thinking about how could we do this well? Um, we've talked a lot about using unrighteous wealth to gain friends here. The The idea, I think, with gift giving is, that's probably the main example we've used when we've talked about that verse, is the, oh, you could yeah. use money to get a gift that would, per Proverbs eighteen sixteen ingratiate you to somebody. Yeah. Um, and that, that could be an open door for the kingdom. That could be an open door for friendship, for a disciple maker. There's a bunch of things that that could do. Um, and a gift, which was purchased with money, could be the pathway to that happening. How do you give a good gift? Could you tell me about the best gift you've ever given? Uh, sure. One comes to mind just because it's been affirmed so many times. I know it was a good one. I have been uh, a poet and songwriter in my life. And so just a very normal part of my life for decades was just writing down thoughts and feelings and trying to make them rhyme and making them clever. And so um, my wife, as you would imagine, was the object of much poetry and songwriting, um, particularly in, in my 20s and courting days and and. Uh, early marriage. And so one year for her birthday, I simply compiled all of those things in a sort of pretty and uh, creative uh, package and simply said, here's all the stuff that I've written about you and uh, gave it to her. And oh my goodness, it's treasure, treasure to her. Yes. That sounds like a winner. Yeah. Can I, can I pause and divert us for just a second. Sure. We, we went on spring break vacation last week, which meant we had eight hours in the car total, four there and four back as a family. And my wife and I found our old giant book of CDs. <laughs> we don't have a CD player in the house except in the car. There's a CD player. Yeah. So I thought, oh, we'll put throw that in. That'll be fun to listen yeah. to some old CDs. Of course. And one of the CDs that we listened to was one of my favorite CDs that's oh. ever come out. It was the Flint oh. For Now CD. Sure. And my old band. My old band. Not available 
<laughs> anywhere except on that CD, and I'm terrified that it's gonna gonna get ruined. But <laughs> but I was playing the classic uh, final song on that album, "Ain't I a Man?" Oh yeah, being, sure. Why isn't this the Abraham's Wallet intro music or oh, something? Oh, good point. Um, Ain't I a man? I don't know if we could get it licensed, but... I think um, we could. I think we could secure a mechanical for that. Yeah. Somehow, I've, I've asked you before, I want that album streamable so that we can share it with the audience here. I'll put that on my to-do list. Yes, it should be on Spotify. Okay. Um, that's a good gift, Stephen. I, I hope that... My wife doesn't hear this podcast and say, huh, book of poetry. Did you ever think about doing something like that for me? <laughs> yeah. You know, I was thinking about this question for myself and I have an answer, but also one of the things that came to mind was my worst gift ever. Oh. Um, after our second child was born, my wife wanted some earrings with the same kind of diamond that is on her engagement ring. Right. And she's an obstetrician. She's very plugged into the birthing scene okay and i guess a push present is a common thing that is done these days oh Um, that's uh, new new to me yeah i thought that the miracle child that was given to us that was the gift yeah but no uh so i might have been a little a little salty about the idea um and i found these earrings and they were expensive (laughs) but i then found the same earrings (laughs) indistinguishable to me yes. with cubic zirconiums in them. What's wrong with that? No problem. Come on. Yeah. Says um, the man. And I gave them to her and she was very happy upon opening the package. For 10 minutes. And then I felt like I should say, hey, you know how great you feel about this? You're going to feel even better. You're going to feel even better when you find out that these did not cost me hardly anything. Um, I love it. This is a great story. And she <coughs> can I can I guess? Did she did she not feel better knowing that it was such a bargain? No, you know, huh. it took all of the happiness away from that moment. I'll be darned. And she, I think she gave them to our youngest child now, who sometimes <laughs> wears them as play jewelry. And they look like giant Kanye West earring. (laughs) Um, But yeah, they they were not a winner. So Uh that might be the worst gift I've given. Okay, good to know. The one that came to my mind as the best gift, there was a guy, an older guy. He's about 10 years older than me. He has done really well in the business world. Uh, he, He has four great boys that he has raised. Um almost raised. Some of them are are younger and some of them are about to be kind of men. And I've just always thought, man, I want to get to know this guy better. And I was talking to him once and he kind of offhandedly mentioned, this was right when we started getting to know each other. I don't remember how it came up, but he offhandedly mentioned that when he was a young guy, the Stan Smith Adidas sneaker was like the hot shoe and he yeah. he never could get his hands on a pair a like great shoe. unaffordable or whatever and i don't know if it was because my iphone was listening i don't think so uh i think i actually this came to my mind to go find him but 
I looked up these shoes, being the sneaker aficionado that I am. Yeah. And I found that they aren't that expensive. They were like $90. And for no reason, I went and bought a pair in his size. And next time I saw him, I said, hey, I got you a gift. And this guy who I didn't, I was just getting to know was like really touched and moved by that Mm. gift. Like, and you know, I've definitely given gifts to people who are way way closer to me. I wasn't necessarily trying to, to get anything out of this guy by giving him that gift. But I do think that it made it for a much faster uh, building of relationship. And I, I think it kind of taught me some things about what good gift giving involves. And so the first thing I would say is giving a good gift, the best, the most important ingredient is to really listen to what people say. So when you give somebody a gift that makes them go, oh my gosh, this person has been paying attention to me mm-hmm. um, and studying me. And th- so if it's with our wives, what really ministers to her is if she can tell that I have been paying close attention and studying her and thinking about what might make her happy. What are her needs? You know, if she says, Hey, I really would like to get a massage and I get her a gift certificate for a massage. That's, that's like, Oh, thanks. If, if she goes, man, I'm stressed or my neck has been sore this week and doesn't expect that she's dropping a hint. And then I get the massage. That is a much better gift because it says, Oh, I was listening for, for what are your needs and what are your desires and things like that. Um, that's that's kind of normal, I think, in healthy marriage relationship that we would be listening to each other that way. It's very, very abnormal amongst dudes, uh, especially. Mm. That, you, you know, I, I think that as men, we tend to be bad at giving gifts to each other. Um, I, I don't know a lot of guys who just randomly surprise their buddies with a gift. Yeah. Um, so... It can be anything. I mean, I think I would be at the at the liquor store and I would see some fancy new IPA and my buddy who loves IPAs, I'm like, oh, I'm going to get that and just give it to him. He'll be delighted. That's five bucks that I spent and it's going to create a lot of like, wow, Mark just saw something and instead of thinking, oh, I'll try that, he thought, I know somebody who would really love this. Yeah. Um, and I, I think that listening and keeping in mind what kind of people have said about their interests and their desires and things like that, it gets you such a, a long way in um, creating a good gift. It's so much more meaningful than, hey, they asked for this and I got it for them. Yeah. I think a bad gift is probably the exact opposite. And that's kind of my my fake diamond story. But um, <laughs> a bad gift is like... Uh, you know, I, I think every, every married couple probably has a story, especially from the husband of when you got your wife, something that was not really for your wife. It was more for you. Yeah, Um, sure. This could be a vacation like honey, we're going, uh, we're going dirt biking in Moab this year. Yeah. Uh, what? Uh, but that's the exact opposite of what I'm talking about. That's like, Hey, I used the necessity maybe it was a birthday or an anniversary i was expected to get you a gift and i thought mostly about myself when i did it 
Yeah. That's the opposite of I've been paying attention to you and studying you as a friend or a spouse or whatever. We were talking about golf stuff. I recently bought my wife like a golf outfit. And I was like, this could go either way. This could be like, what are you doing? Uh, she liked it a lot. Actually, we had a really good time on vacation and played around at a super fancy place and it was fun. But that was, I was like, I don't know. This could go either way. So and you bought her, a, you bought her a golf outfit for that outing. Yes. Because I, see, I think that's really thoughtful, but I learned a long time ago. I can never, I can never buy my wife clothing hoping that she'll like the style that I come up with because she never will. But yeah. Amelia, I think it's very thoughtful. She, she is pretty easy to shop for, especially in the active wear categories. Right? It's a little bit less fraught than if I was going to try to buy her a dress. Paying good, for her good green Good use of the fees, word fraught. Good use of the yeah. word fraught. Oh, thank you. Paying for her golf green fees was not going to be viewed as a gift. That was like, hey, I'm going with you to do something you're excited about right now. But the outfit made it like, oh, you got me this cute thing and it's not, I don't look like Martina Naratilova now on the <laughs> golf course, which is what old school women's golf clothes all looks like. You're, you know. A little butch. A little butch. Yeah. yeah. Like now that the mullet is in for for men, you could, you could definitely rock either way. Um, uh-huh. Gifts that are good can also create further experiences or further whatever. This yes. is one of the reasons that I've talked a lot about the benefits of giving books as gifts. Um, you have to be careful here because there are gifts that can tell people like, I want you to do something like don't buy your buddy a book that you know is going to create strife. How but- to fix your bad breath. Don't give that yeah. to a friend. But I think that if you read something that really you enjoyed and you hand it to somebody and you know they're a reader, that's another caveat because some people, when they get a book, I think Jeff Davenport has said this on our podcast. When when he gets a book, sometimes it's like, crap, this is now, I already had books I wanted to read and I have to read this junk. But if you if you know that the person's interested in reading and you hand somebody an interesting book, it not only creates like, oh, you thought of me, but also we're going to have several good conversations about that book. So I like books as a gift option. Yeah. I bought you a book not that long ago, Stephen. Did you ever read it? True. Um, I know that I've started it. It's a, it's on my bedside. The Fear of God book? Yeah. Yeah. Um, did it make you feel like I had saddled you with a mild boat anchor around your neck that you had to then read? It feels, well, you know that I'm very interested in the topic. I'm very interested in the book. It does feel like a bit of an assignment, uh, but uh, I know that it's indefinite. And I know that you'll you'll be excited to talk about it whenever I can get around to it. Okay. So, so maybe I didn't knock a home run on that one. Um I'm delighted. I felt very thought of and considered. <laughs> I also kind of wanted to think about the best gifts I had gotten when I was trying to figure out what makes for good gift giving. I get very excited about random topics and I go real, real hard after them for a while. Yeah. Um, well, for our 10th wedding anniversary, my wife was kind of like, I want to get you something. And she wasn't sure what. And she she kind of came up with the idea on her own to get me a watch 
that would be like an old school manual mechanical watch. I was not into watches at the time. Um, but she thought about me and she said, I just thought this would be something that you. Yes. Brought some treats for you guys. I've been expecting to be here so much earlier. Thank you. I've been in the area. Make sure you share and take them home. You're so kind. Would you put it on that table? Yeah, right I there? never get to do anything like this. It's been almost three years. You're so sweet. When, oh, the box is really big, so they kind of bounce Shift around. around. Okay, okay. There's some candy. Tell me your name. I'm Mary Beth. Oh, you're Mary Beth. And it's Mary Bell. Mary Bell Okay. Thank you, Mary Beth. You're welcome. Now that's the kind of visit that you like right there. Would you like to know what just happened, Mark? Did you get a gift? This wonderful woman walks into the Viva Bella offices and she says, I'm from Mirabelle Cakery. And, you know, we just love our relationship with Viva Bella. And I just, she's got a box that's two by three. And she said, Steven, I can- this is a video podcast. Show me the, Show me the treats. Okay. She goes, I just brought I just brought you guys some treats because I was thinking of you. Yeah. So for the audio listeners right now, what we're about to see is one of the benefits of gift giving in action. This this company that's as far as I know, they're doing great. And um, if, you, if you don't think that Mirabelle Cakery just made room. Uh, a la Proverbs eighteen sixteen. In my heart, uh, you're crazy because they did. Let's look at some of the some of the treats. I'm going to need you to eat them and describe them to us. I won't do that because my <laughs> wife would feel uh, that I have stolen from her. Okay, we've got some sort of like cream puff. Yeah, it looks like a cream puff with a little blueberry on the top there. Okay, healthy. There's four different cakes in here. Um, Hold one of them up. One of which is chocolate decadent. And you can see what she's done is there. She's taken different cakes and then wrapped them up. Okay. Oh, this is my wife's favorite is the little tea cakes with the little cute little, uh, you know, sprinkle toppings. That's Dora's favorite, huh? She loves little tea cakes. Wow. There's a, it looks like an eclair, but it's got gold sparkles on the top of it. Mm, that sounds like something Viva Bella would like. Yeah, that looks very Viva Bella-ish. And there's um, there's a little promotion here for Maribel Cakery. And uh, if if you don't think this makes me want to use her work more and more, uh, you're wrong because it does. To drop off a gift un- unsolicited like that. God bless her. Did you did you plan that in the middle of our podcast to get a gift that I would sure did, and boy make... did it work. <laughs> I just said my wife kind of studied me for a while and said this guy gets into sort of niche weird like subcultures and I bet he would be into a fancy watch. And she went out and found me, you know, without spending more money than would be prudent, found yeah. me a really cool watch that had a story that was made by an actual guy in Switzerland. And uh, it was a really cool gift. And it, she was right. I, I ended up sort of wasting the next two years of my life scrolling through eBay and finding and buying and reselling fancy watches. Uh-huh. Um, 
so that was like a gift that again the the cool thing to me was not how cool the watch was it was that my wife had thought about my wiring and said this is going to be something that delights him right so. right wonderful do you have a best gift receipt story well something came up uh, in my mind when you mentioned that and and it was something for my 40th and uh i had a little pack of friends at the time they're still my friends, but I had a little pack of friends who, but amongst them said, why don't we gather up notes from a whole bunch of men in Stephen's life that affirm him, and then we'll package them together and make him a little book. And so they did. And, and uh, that's been years ago now. And again, I still have the book. Um, and it means a lot to to have some guys who have just said, here's what you've meant to our lives. That's a great That's gift. That's awesome. Yeah. It's hard to go wrong with the that that to me that kind of runs in the same vein as the the book of uh, the poems I wrote about sure, you. It's, sure. it's really hard to go wrong with the heartfelt yeah. expressions. So that's that's kind of my guidance for giving good gifts is study study the recipient of the gift and as a guy especially be willing to spontaneously give a gift that is not for their birthday or so or christmas or something but like just because i saw something and i have you always going in the back of my head as somebody that i'm thinking of and when i'm in a tchotchke store and on a business trip and i see something funny or cool I think, oh, this would be perfect for that person. Yeah. Um, I think that w- will make room and open some doors for you. I wanted to to kind of briefly touch on one other thing. Let me just throw is, out on, on that note that that uh, you. I just talked about how I I sort of uh, shunt myself off from oftentimes, not always, but oftentimes from buying clothing that I would like for my wife and I'll keep myself from buying it thinking, I don't know if she's going to like this or not. And I'll just say that many times the Lord gives us gifts that we kick to the curb and that doesn't keep him from giving it to us because you know why? Because he's generous and that's his character. And so if you see, I mean, I, I sometimes just will, I'm on, I'm in the checkout line and I see pretzels and go like, Oh, my wife likes these pretzels. I bring her home. Hey, I got you a little treat bag of pretzels. And even if she doesn't want them, Oh, you know, I'm good right now. Put those away. Okay, fine. I'm still going to keep doing that because it's the nature of God to be generous. So when you mentioned like tchotchkes in the airport or something, when I, when I think of my kids or whatever, or a friend, as you said, you see something, you know, Oh, my friend would like this coffee, do it. And don't let your pleasure or, or your decision about whether it was a win or a success or worth it um, be judged by the person that you give it to. Whether If they go like, well, okay, thanks, nice try. You got to be thinking to yourself, well, that's what I do because I'm generous and I'm going to be doing it again in the future. Just Just be somebody who does that. Would it be fair to say that a dad shouldn't go on a business trip without bringing something back to the children? I think that's definitely fair for a particular age. Right. Little kids. kids are like three to 10, 
you got to give them a little something for sure. Right, right. Exactly. That we, we have now got Cincinnati Bearcat t-shirts for all the girls because last time I was visiting you, I made it to the airport before this occurred to me and I thought, uh-oh, there's limited options at the airport. What can I uh, get at the airport? And they sure enough had l- little girls' sizes in Cincinnati gear. So, um, yeah. Um, the last thing I wanted to throw in on gift giving is that, you know, part of the way God designed us to celebrate things is gift giving. And there's there's a lot of, I guess it's kind of cool to poo-poo gifts as a part of celebrations right now, especially when they've been made into what we do at Christmas, where the main thing you hear about is gifts. But I don't want that to let us kind of totally discard gift giving as a meaningful way that humans are designed by God to celebrate. So Esther 9.22. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. The very rare verse that's pulled from Esther. Wow. You get extra credit for that. As the days on which the Jews got relief from their enemies, and as the month that had been turned for them from sorrow into gladness and from mourning into a holiday, that they should make them days of feasting and gladness, days for sending gifts of food to one another and gifts to the poor. So this is Purim that is celebrated to this day. And one of the ways that God kind of set up the celebration of Purim is that there would be gifts to the poor, even if I have to just go find some homeless dude and hand him five bucks, I'm going to find a way to give a gift to the poor on on Purim. And there's also, aside from that charitable giving thing, you're supposed to give gifts, in this case, food to other people. So we will maybe bake hamantaschen. That was on the Volley channel. People were sharing their hamantaschen photos. That was fun. But God knows that if it's better to give than to receive, that there's actually a part of us that feels that way, that when you give a good gift, you feel really good. So he said, part of the way I want you to celebrate things is by gift giving. Um, so if you maybe have fallen into the cynicism that is understandable uh, around gift giving and specific celebrations and holidays, uh, birthdays or Christmas especially, I would say consider that God actually made gift giving a part of good celebrations yeah. and try to invest a little energy in how to give well, not only so that it will open doors for you with others or make your friends feel deeply kind of cared for and loved, but also because it will make you feel better. Um, and it's part of like a good celebration just as much as having good wine or delicious roasted meats or some of the other things God set up in the Bible. He also said, part of the good things I want you to feel on these special occasions is the good feelings that come with giving a good gift. That's right. Excellent. Man, is that your closer? Because that's a great closer. Um, well, if you talk about it, I think it's no longer considered the closer. It's now the closer.